0: Well, it's been a good year for New Zealand filmmakers. Dame Jane's Oscar Taika topping the charts with a new Thor epic, Sam Neill back where he belongs in a Jurassic movie, and Thomas and Mackenzie starring on big and small screens. But most of these are paid for by big overseas studios. Are we doing enough with our own truly homegrown efforts? Simon Morris was wondering too.
1: One aspect of the New Zealand film industry is guaranteed to start a conversation, if not an outright pub brawl. Are we making the right films? Do they reflect who we are? And should they do that, or should we simply aim at making big, fat hits? Leanne Saunders is the Head of Development and Production at the New Zealand Film Commission. Her background is in production. She produced Born to Dance, The Devil's Rock, and our biggest hit, Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilderpeople. Hi, Leanne, how are you?
0: Hi, Simon. Good, thanks.
1: So how would you describe your job? What exactly is development?
0: Well, development is really developing scripts. Um, That's really where we focus on, particularly at the early stages. So I'd say the majority of what we do is put invest money into writers and scripts. So how
1: many people are involved in this process? Because, you know, I mean, I'm guessing it's not just you.
0: Well, I've got two teams, essentially, a bit like you say, um, you know, I'm doing development and production. Um, we've got two development executives, which I must say is very, very modest, given the sort of the size of the film commission. So that's Christina, Andreef and and Johanna Smith. There's also a Rotaki Māori development executive as well, Kath Graham, who works with Teo Kaharangi on the Rotaki Māori side of things. And she's also across a lot of our projects. So when you think about it, it's quite a small team. Let's
1: concentrate a little on the script part, which is clearly the be-all and end-all in some respects of Mm. whether a film gets up or not and gets good or not. At the commission, are you hands-on? Are you sort of do it like this? Or are you sort of arm's length? Come back when it's better.
0: We are a mixture of the two. I mean, I think that we feel that like we are more than the money, and yet at the same time, we're not a studio, so we're not trying to control the ideas that are coming through. We definitely think that our filmmakers are the best people to know what are the best stories out there. So we do do a filtering, and people sort of want to know what's the dark out of how you know which script is better than another script. And, you know, we'll freely admit sometimes we'll get it wrong, as is, I think we can probably say also Hollywood Studios
1: get it wrong all the time as well. Famous stories of studios turning down a a film that was later a huge hit I mean the fact is that in the end there's a lot of guessing going on there but some experience obviously you've got to have an idea of what it is that you think will work and what you think won't work.
0: Yeah, we hope more slightly educated guesses than simply darts on the wall. Now we have a whole system, we sort of overhauled it about four years ago where we really have a lot of assessors, external assessors, and this is used a lot in Screen Australia and other agencies around the world. What's happening is that the volume is increasing especially as we're looking to get more diverse stories. You know, we've got a greater diversity of filmmakers and other people even coming in from other industries who want to get involved. So the numbers are climbing every year and frankly, the money's not going up. Mm. So that means that we have more and more projects. So we are employing assessors to come in and give a first run. And what we say to people is, if you've sort of got two thumbs up from the external assessors, you're likely to get the money. And if you've got two thumbs down, you're likely not to get the money. Um, there's a lot of panels where our execs get together with the international or local assessors and talk things through. So it's a pretty robust process by the time it gets to me.
1: I've heard a number of people complain I was going to say recently but frankly I've heard people complain for the last 40 years basically about (laughs) how many times they feel that it's a box ticking exercise. I mean these days they call it woke, I don't know what they called it before but the perception is it's got to cover certain things before it'll be allowed to get commission funding.
0: Well that's not how I see how our process or even what we should be funding work and anyone who knows me knows I've produced a pretty diverse range of films over the time that I've worked in the industry and I look at the slate of what we've funded you know it's actually incredibly diverse we don't look for you know this is what we want or that's what we don't want we're actually saying what's actually the best story and who are the people making it who are the partners is it good enough how's it rating and um, so personal taste is the last thing we're actually really quite strict about it and always have been. We're not commissioners, which I think is a little bit different from some of the systems like the Danish system where they have commissioners who champion all the way through, but we don't have that role.
1: That might come as a surprise to uh, a lot of people who thought that the film commission, as the name suggests, was in fact a commissioner. They're the ones who are making value judgments and are saying of the 30 scripts that have come through, we think these eight are the ones that we should be pushing. But that's not the case, is think you're
0: saying. It's fair to say that the ones that we do fund, we think are the best mm. and that we think they're the ones that we're pushing, but they're not because they belong to a certain genre or subject matter or have ticked boxes. When we talk about ticking boxes, I think what you're implying is that there are certain sort of micro credentials that we're looking for or certain, I don't know, aspects of it that we would be preferencing. And actually I'm saying, well, it's not, we're actually open to all genres, but what we're saying is you should be the best of that particular mm. genre or whatever you're trying to do. There's also other things we look at as well, which is about relevancy to audiences and what people want. And I think this is often where this misconception can come in, where things get funded and people are like, well, why, why is that getting funded? Well, actually, this has to be relevant to contemporary audiences. This has to speak to audiences here, and it's got to speak to audiences internationally. So even if you're doing a story that's based on something historical like FINA, it has to be contemporised or there has to be things in it for people to relate to now. Otherwise, it's not going to be relevant.
1: Looking at selling to an audience, which is clearly you know the point of, of any film, how important now is an overseas audience when it comes to making these films?
0: International audiences are very important. Making films is not a cheap business. Financing films does require a lot of money, um, particularly drama, So we don't have enough money to keep funding at least in majority um, of the amount of filmmakers that are coming in, which is increasing all the time. So we are reliant on other sources of funding and international funds are part of that mix. And you're not going to get international funds if you have a slate of films that have no appeal for international audiences. How well
1: are we actually doing as far as um, overseas sales are concerned? Do we sell many films
0: overseas at the moment? Yes, we do. We do sell films, and obviously there's a bit of of, commercial sensitivity. I think there's two ways that films are sold. Firstly, there's the the concept of pre-sales, which essentially means that a sales agent goes yes I'll attach your film and what they do is they make estimates of what they think they can sell your film for then somebody will lend against a percentage of those estimates a lot of people think that the sales happen afterwards well actually there's confidence in New Zealand films up front and we continue to see that which is a really a good sign i think it's a volatile market at the moment obviously with the rise of the global streamers and people are very aware of the amount they're spending i think there is still a lot of upside for new zealand films but i'm confident that we have attention of those global markets for our films which is Great. You're talking about overseas
1: sales, but and you also talked about the streaming services. Are you mm. still making films specifically for a cinema market, or are you now sending a lot of stuff out to streaming services like Netflix and Amazon?
0: In New Zealand, this is a part of our criteria, is we want to be funding films that go into cinemas for New Zealand audiences, and it also means something internationally. But in terms of selling overseas... It is completely open for sales agents to best release the film and how they want. So we don't put any restrictions. We just require that theatrical for New Zealand. And then outside of New Zealand, the sales agent does the best deals that they can. It's part of a very complex web. But however, you know, they equally look to sell the upside to a streamer. Yeah, it's all about different strokes for different films.
1: Sure. But I would have thought that some films are clearly aimed entirely at a New Zealand audience and are unlikely to pick up an audience anywhere else. Whereas if you're aiming something at uh, an overseas market, then you're going to have to make it a lot more, shall we say, commercial? Maybe generally commercial. Do you shape of script with that in mind?
0: There's a couple of things, and I guess what you're saying is, are, are we putting uh, foot sort of more in one direction than the other? Mm. And I would say that we are probably more strongly looking for authentic representation of culture. I think that you know the last two years. Uh, ironically with the rise of streaming services that have made foreign films or what used to be seen as foreign films a lot more accessible Mm. and um, people really saying because you're local doesn't mean that you can't travel they're not sort of like you've got the subtitle films that used to be just in the the small section of the, the video store now you know we're seeing them in our living rooms every night so there is strength in locals, so I, I think that the direction we're going in is to say we want to see films that feel authentic, to see strong teams that are able to be distinctive.
1: Well, nevertheless, I mean, I was looking at some of the films that are coming out this year and mm. while I can certainly see that there'd be an audience for them here, films like Fina, films like Muru, film, a film about Marlon Williams' Tereo album, uh, Valerie Adams, Gloria Vale, but I would have thought none of those films would have had any market overseas. They're exclusively New Zealand stories, aren't they?
0: All of those films have got international sales agents. So these are projects that are not only theatrical, but with all these competing streaming services, actually the slots for films have got broader. And so if the films were told, if it can get accolades, if it can do well, if it can get attention, actually there is a market for well-told films and so you know this is why we're backing them and all of those films have got funding from offshore which is a testament to the fact that they do believe there's a market for them You hinted at this
1: a little bit before, Leanne, you were talking about the fact that while New Zealand clearly can't compete with big-budget Hollywood movies, and nor should we really, but we could be looking at other countries of similar size. You mentioned Scandinavia, who have made some Mm. great films in the last two or three years, and they're small-budget films comparatively. Same with Southeast Asia, same with South America, Ireland, Scotland... And they're stories that are individual stories. They're not based on a thing that you're meant to already know. They're intriguing characters. They're great little stories that kind of work anywhere in the world. And I I wonder whether we're making enough of that sort of story.
0: Well, I think that we are, and... You know, I might be biased, but I think that our stories are as strong as them. And I would say from a, a budget perspective, I know for Denmark that their budgets are actually higher than ours And what they would call a low-budget film. You know, we'd be probably quite grateful <laughs> for that budget. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, I look at things like James Ashcroft's Coming Home in the Dark, which was a very low-budget film. You know, it was in Sundance and... You know, he's a first-time filmmaker. These are the films, you know, Millie Lies Low, which is played at Tribeca and South by Southwest. I mean, we forget that actually our films are punching above their weight. They are being seen, and... This is an environment now where the the major festivals, the amount of films they've taken on over the last couple of years has reduced, and yet we're seeing record numbers of New Zealand films getting into these major festivals. I mean, we've just opened Sydney with We Are Still Here and had New Tuesday, which also has played very well in festivals. So we are actually, it's highly competitive to get into. I think we are seeing some really distinctive filmmaking.
1: But are we getting an audience for our films? I mean, you were saying before about Nude Tuesday, which is a perfect example of great rave reviews in a lot of overseas magazines and newspapers, which is great. And they've been picked up by festivals around the place. But New Zealanders didn't exactly come out for it, did they?
0: No, look, look, I think that that's probably the toughest conversation is around box office mm. and what has been happening, not only here, but Internationally, and you know, and of course, I'm saying that hand in hand with saying, you know, we still make films for box office for a bunch of reasons, including the prestige and sort of the critical acclaim that it gives. But mm. yeah, numbers and box office have gone down. This is around the world. I don't think it. You know, what we say is that look, COVID hasn't caused the issue; it's accelerated what was already happening prior. And so the bullseye for um, box office and for cinema attendance has got harder and harder. So you're seeing really high performance from the big studio films. That, that audience has come back. But for the films that we'll make, that are sort of more art house, perhaps older audiences, they haven't come back to the same degree, and that's been the same globally. So it is really tough for sure but Mm. I would say that that sort of trend was happening prior to COVID just looking at at the moment because we've got FINA which is so far top performing film for 2022 which Mm. is just over 1.1 million and I was looking back we had Cousins last year which was about 1.6 Savage 1.6 the year before but Daffodils was a top performing film the year before that and at the moment, I think that Fina's probably only about 20,000 off the daffodil figure. The glory days of Hunt for the Wilder People certainly seem a long time ago when I came into this job. I mean, Mr. Gibson said to me, but tongue in cheek, you know, all you have to do is make hit movies, which I think <laughs> is kind of really what you say. asking Simon is, you right. know, what actually is it the Film Commission wanted to, to make?
1: You were talking about some of the hit films in the last two or three years. The three that you mentioned, particularly, Fina, cousins and um, Savage, Savage. the one thing that all three of them had was a lot of heart. At the heart of it, there was an interesting person. There was somebody that you warmed to and you were interested in. The beauty of uh, Wilder People is that it had several audiences. It had old people, it had young people, it had Mm -hmm. people in the middle and they were going off on a journey. It was an easy story to make sense of.
0: Well, look, I wouldn't disagree with you on the sense of, of course talking about world of people but we also know that you know I, I've of course, I absolutely adore Thor, Love and Thunder, the films I've been out to recently. And I know people, um, some people have said globally that there's too many Kiwi jokes in it, but, you know, you can't have I too many there... Kiwi jokes for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'd love to have seen those Kiwi jokes in a smaller, more New Zealand setting, right, really, rather than my Marvel Comics thing. I just think Quirky, well, Quirky has been the bane of New Zealand's life in some respects.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have got, obviously, some... For me, I look at... The, Fina and obviously Cousins, those have got your classic inbuilt audience because mm. obviously the Cousins based on a book that people knew mm. and Fina, you know, famous character. And I, I, again, I come back to going, you know, you have a bit of a chance for your first film to do something which is a bit more establishing your voice. Sure, give it that some people will do that and that would be, you know, the, you're coming home in the dark. But once you get further into your career, I think that people need to have a range here can really look at the audience and how they're meeting the needs of those audiences because, as you say, it's expensive business, otherwise you don't survive. You know, we've got The Convert coming up, which is, you know, Lee Tamahori's film, Joyka, which was, you know, shot in Poland, which again is based on a character, um, which is a James Napier-Robinson film about a woman who wants to get into the first American to go into the Bolshevik. not a New Zealand story, but mm. made by a New Zealand director. Um, and then we've got some fun comedy, Bad Behaviour, which is from Alice Inglert, um red white and brass which is uh you know the tongan new piki film films um and they've also got tomotu which is shooting at the moment which is a great comedy as well so i think that you can do these individual films but you also have to have in the mix these films that have got inbuilt recognition because otherwise it's uphill for audiences if they hit with a slew of original stories that they don't understand, oh. I agree, I think it needs to be part of a mix. You know, we're doing the Israel Adesanya um, doco at the moment. Mm. We're also doing a doco with Matt Metcalf, Never Look Away, which is the Margaret Moss story. You know, mm. these are things that audience there is actually audiences for. Leanne Saunders, Head of Development and Production at the New Zealand Film Commission, talking with Simon Morris. Upcoming homegrown cinema releases include Muru, Millie Lies Low, Gloria Vale, Punch and more than gold, Valerie Adams.